People think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. And welcome to Kidney Talk. Here we are again. I know. We can't, I can't believe it. You know, when are you going to change your outfit? You've been wearing the same thing for the last 12 no, days. I haven't. Oh, gosh. I mean, I, there's a sale on it, Ross. You I'm going to be there. If it's 75% off, I am there. Okay. Okay. So what's new in your life? We're going to be interviewing a wonderful woman. Her name is Valerie Thomerson, and she's from Oklahoma. She lives in Oklahoma City. Wow. Valerie so Thomerson? when we come back, we're going to talk to Valerie. About what? Maybe we'll find Cold out where she creek? buys her clothes. Oh, good. Hello? Hi, Mom. Boy, that was some storm last night, huh? We actually lost power for a few minutes. Oh, you think that was bad? You should have seen the one back in 52. Well, now that you're on dialysis, you should really have a plan in case of an emergency. Ha! Last emergency I had was when you got your head stuck in the hamster cage. Scared the little fellow to death. Those big eyes just staring at him. I'm talking about emergencies like severe weather, earthquakes, or power outages. What if there was no water or transportation to get you to dialysis? It's important to be prepared. You mean like carrying important medical information? Or asking your facility for alternative arrangements for treatment? Or preparing emergency stock of supplies, foods, and medicines? Or learning what diet to follow if your dialysis must be delayed? You already knew all this? I've got to run, Sonny. I'm late for taekwondo. Bye, Mom. Conversation, a little more action, please. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. A little more bite, a little less spark, a little less fight, a little more spark. And close your mouth and open up your heart and maybe satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Well, welcome to the show, Valerie. Well, thank you. I am so glad to be here. So, where do you go shopping? Anywhere that's got a sale, I I, I I don't like to discriminate. Sales. Absolutely, know. you know, people make fun of me, but I, you know, it's like for instance, I mean, and I'm not ashamed to admit this. I lose reading glasses constantly, and I lose sunglasses constantly. So where do I go? I go to the 99 cent store and buy 10 pair of sunglasses. And I can lose them, and I don't feel bad about losing them. You don't feel bad about them. Oh, no. absolutely. Throwaway no. stuff is the best But if I use. had a an $125 pair of sunglasses and I lost them, I'd slice my wrist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just can't do that. I have a very I, wealthy friend who's a germaphobe, right? Yeah. And he bought a $350 pair of sunglasses. No. And he went to a public restroom. And uh, when he went to zip up his zipper, I don't want to get too graphic. Please but, don't. Uh, he had them on his head, and they fell into the toilet. Oh no! Oh no! And his, you know, he comes out of the restroom, and his wife said, "You left your sunglasses. You just, you know, go get those." 
And he goes, no, they fell in the toilet. She goes, I don't care. Reach in the toilet. <laughs> he's and a, and he's and a germaphobe, so he wouldn't oh, know. A, oh, he wouldn't take them? He so did somebody, did you go it, in and you know? get them? <laughs> I wasn't with him. Oh, I don't, okay. I'm not their child. I don't <laughs> you like know, it's, it's, it's only girls who go to the bathroom together. It's not a guy it's thing. It's not a guy thing. Valerie, tell us when you were um, first diagnosed with chronic kidney disease. I was diagnosed on October 25th, 2004, and actually it's got kind of an interesting story Is behind it. it. Yeah. How I, perfect. Uh, We're an interesting geez, radio show. Well, there you <laughs> go. I had no clue mm-hmm. what was hitting me. None. What, 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 you, what was happening? At the moment, I was working as a community development director for the city of Rosenberg, Texas. We were living mm-hmm. in a small town Who outside knew of there Houston. were Jews in Texas? <laughs> ah! Rosenberg. <laughs> Rosenberg. Rosenberg, Texas. And I enjoyed what I did, but I was fairly new at the job. I'd only been there about nine months. So I just blew everything off. All those symptoms, the headaches, the lack of food, the, the nausea, the... Gosh, what else? The restless legs, the that metal taste in your mouth. You didn't take the Mirapex or anything, did you? No. So for the rest, restless legs? No. Syndrome? Because you know the warning. There's a lawsuit no. against them. Really? And because uh, this is no joke, Lori. Okay, seriously. Okay. Have you heard the radio commercials for Mirapex or restless leg syndrome? Uh, medications? Um, well, I've heard the commercial, but I know they always have a disclaimer. There's but all disclaimer. the disclaimers are just but, horrific. But guess what the disclaimer is? What is it If about? you have sudden urges to go gamble or have sex, this woman, I don't know where she's from, but she's suing the company because she uh, was taking Mirapex and uh-huh. she never gambled before. And she went to a casino and lost $90,000. So she's blaming it on the drugs? She's suing it, I swear on oh my life. Oh my but it's going to be interesting to see if she wins she's, or not. Like when you're sleeping, do you like you, you kick up and stuff? Oh yeah. my gosh, I just I couldn't sleep. Every two yeah. hours, I'd wake up and I'd nap, and I blew everything off to stress so, from the job. Uh-huh. So, everything. Did you just finally collapse and go to the hospital? Thank I you. flew from Houston <laughs> to Oklahoma City because my husband and I were in the transition of moving. And the first thing he says to me, I was house hunting. Mm-hmm. First thing he says to me when I get off the plane is, honey, you look like hell. And oh, I thought, well, He was trying to get you, you in the mood. I guess so. Well, that's not the way to do it. And and I just said, well, thank you. If I hadn't have felt so bad, uh-huh. I wouldn't have come. Uh-huh. But we got to find a house. Mm-hmm. We had three days to find a house wow. in Oklahoma City. Anyway, they, he made me promise. As soon as I got home, I'd go to my physician the next morning. Mm-hmm. Well, Monday morning, about 5 o'clock, woke up. And realized that I wasn't going to make it. So I drove myself to the emergency room. And to this day, one of the unknown people who saved my life was the security guard in the parking lot. Because I sat in the parking lot and I thought, you know what? They're going to fuss at me for just wasting their time on a headache. That was So wrong. you went to yeah. the emergency room? Yes, I did. Because you had, you had a such headache. A bad I headache. had such a bad but headache. But you drove to the emergency room. I did. But you know, I had to pull over twice because right. I thought I was going to pass now, out. Now, looking back, was that the right decision? Oh, heavens no. Well, where was your husband? <laughs> he was sleeping? He was in Oklahoma City. Oh, I had a new job. Oh, my And goodness. since I don't have kids, I was by myself. Right, right. How else would I do it? And I didn't right. want to waste the money on an emergency. So I drove <laughs> myself to the emergency <laughs> room. And while I was there... Make, going through this debate in my own mind of do I need to go in? I can wait till mm-hmm. the doctor's office. Across the parking lot, the security guard hit the lights. And I thought, well, darn, now I've got to go in. And that's what made me go into the emergency room is because somebody saw me. 
so, and was going to come over and ask me what was wrong. So you That's what into, I thought. So you went into the emergency room, and what did they do? Admit you, or did you have to sit there for a while, and then they drew blood work? Of course you have said, to sit there for a while. That's well, part of the routine. Always, oh, no. not always. No, in a small town, I was the only person. Can you Only believe that? That's, a, that's an advantage of living in a small town. Yes, and they were they were wonderful. They were wonderful. It, it was kind of funny. The triage nurse comes in, takes my blood pressure, and just kind of shakes his head and says, that's not right. Goes and gets another machine, takes it again, says, that's not right. And so he goes and gets one of the old manual machines right. where you have to pump it up the yourself <laughs> and right. listen through the stethoscope. <laughs> not that old, you know. And he said, wow. What were you? I, you know, as best I remember, I was 200 and something. Oh, you were high. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were low. No. no that's probably I was headache. 200 and something yeah. over 180. Wow. wow. They thought I You're was going to stroke out. Yeah. Yes. You're lucky you didn't. I am. But you know what was funny is sitting in the emergency room, they took blood and, and they, the emergency room physician comes in. And of course, I'm in the fetal position. I really am in bad yourself. shape. I'm by myself. But the emergency room physician comes over, pats me on my knee, and has says, have we had renal failure before? And I looked at him, and I said, no, we have not. Right. Well, that was my introduction. And you had well, no they, idea They win blood? Is that what they... Oh, yeah, they took and blood. And they, they saw a creatinine level that was... 17. Wow. Do you have any 17. history of kidney disease in your family? None. That is Nothing. weird. I, mean, I didn't know you could live at 17. Oh, Can you yeah. live at 17? Yeah. My Creatinine. physician actually told me he, he knew mine's a gentleman who lived at 25. Yeah, mine's been high. Before. At yeah. one point, Well, um, when just... I was on peritoneal, my creatinine was a lot higher than normal. Wow. So, yeah. So you started dialysis, so did they put a catheter, an access in you? What did they put in you? They I, I went to the hospital on... A Monday, they put the catheter in on a Tuesday, and by Wednesday, I did my first dialysis session. Did yeah. you start feeling better immediately or no? No. no I had so much toxin in my oh, system, gosh. and yeah. I was my brain was so cloudy. I just wasn't thinking Making coherently. Problem. I remember making a presentation in front of our city council, and it, I, was, I was reading my agenda, and I was making some of the stupidest mistakes, and it caught me so off guard, transposing letters and just silly things, Right. that I remember stopping in front of the city council, and they said, Ms. Thomerson, is something wrong? And I said, I am so sorry. I just realized I misspelled the word. And I, for the life of me, could well. not get back on track. And I remember going to the city manager the next day saying, what is wrong with me? I'm asking well, the wrong person. person. I should have yeah. been asking a physician. Right. So how long were you on dialysis? Because I know you got a transplant um, a little over 10 months ago. So how oh, long and true. what was that process like? I, I was on dialysis for two years, eight and a half months. And they were and the best two years in eight and a half months of your life. In, in a twisted way? Stephen, you're absolutely right. Yes, I know. Because you get to meet <laughs> I'm people right. who really touch your life in a way that no one else can. They really, they help save my life. I mean, you know, the nurses save your life, the doctors do, the techs do. They save our lives every other day. But what really helped me get through this with courage and humor is watching the other patients. That was so mm, inspirational to is. me. And, and I had the opposite. Remove that fear. I actually had the opposite effect. Because, really? Uh, you know, the first time I walked into a dialysis unit, I was just blown away because everybody seems so old and fragile 
It wasn't people like you yeah. who were busy doing work because I went in the middle of the afternoon. I guess if uh, I went to the four o'clock session in the morning, I'd see all the people who were still working and were younger. But I went to tour the uh, dialysis center in the actually, middle of the afternoon. Mine was just the opposite. I was stuck at the session that went four o'clock in the evening. So you may have had uh, so later I, in the evening. So it was very small. I mean, we had 28 beds in this facility. Right. But there were only about six of us there at night. We were all working full time. These were all professional people. And these people are saying, you can do this. You can right. get through this. The you can continue this. The peer support is yes. so important. No, but, I, but I do agree with you. I, I saw some things yeah. that frightened me. And my first thought walking into a dialysis facility is I don't belong here. Oh, that's what I still thought. And oh I see gosh. I see the paramedics come in and bring somebody from an old yes. folks home. They lift her off the gurney, put her in the chair, and mm-hmm. then when she's done, they lift her off the chair, put her in the gurney, and take her home. And I'm going, what kind of life is that? Yes. We need to take a break. And when we, we do? come back, Already? Yes, this is we're going to so take a break, and we're going to come back and learn more about Valerie. Well, now that I have mastered Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers, how many pickled peppers did Peter Piper pick? Let's see what my next challenge will be. In here somewhere. Hmm. Say this three times fast. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. Now, if I only knew what that means. A fistula should be your first choice for your dialysis access. It says here, less infection and less hospitalizations. That's good. Yes. <laughs> Lasts longer. Some patients have had their fistula for more than 30 years? Oy. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. Fistula first feels fantastic for future fitness. For more information, please visit fistulafirst.org. Do it now. So Valerie, um, what was the, did they tell you the cause of your kidney disease? We don't know. My blood pressure was so out of control and so high, we were never, we never had the opportunity to take a biopsy. We couldn't control my blood I mean, pressure. Just for visually, weeks. did you have polycystic? Or? No, no. I have no history of health problems at all. Uh-huh. I can show you blood work nine months before all this happened. Nothing. You, you keep now, we the have blood a work hypothesis. with you, I mean? Yes. All the time. The hypothesis is that I remember having a sore throat. Uh-huh. And I remember popping extra vitamin C, thinking I'm going to kick this cold. I'm too busy to have a cold. And I remember that sore throat lasting seven to ten days. I have a question for you. Um, when you first got kidney disease, what was your husband's reaction? He was in shock, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But he was so supportive. I remember the first first moment I saw him. I was already checked into the hospital, and he had flown down from Oklahoma City. And and I remember him coming in, and the first time I broke into tears, and I said, "I'm going to make us lose everything we've ever earned." And, and that how long have you me. been married? We've been married, uh, at this point, we've been married over 25 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's no kids, so we're very close. Very close. Yeah, so 
you really thought you were going to lose everything and this may be the end? Oh, yeah. I, I thought financially I was going to ruin us. We're, mm-hmm. we're both well-educated and, and both had good jobs, and, and I thought I was going to make us lose every cent we'd ever earned. Well, why? Because of you had insurance, I'm sure. Yes, we both had insurance, but so, it's but the, yeah, whole the whole prospect idea. is of, oh, my gosh, this is so expensive. Mm-hmm. Right, and, you know, it's funny because... You know, the other thing that I've heard patients say is that, and it has happened, is once they got kidney disease, their marriage fell apart. It wasn't the money, it was the relationship. That's true, and isn't that frightening? Squeezes you like an orange and whatever's in you comes out. I know when I was on PD and I was on dialysis, I had a lot of body image issues. And did that impact you? It did. It did. I, I, I had a very good physician, Dr. Charles Crum out of Houston. Mm-hmm. He was very knowledgeable and shared with me the differences about peritoneal dialysis mm-hmm. or PD and, of course, hemodialysis, whether it be in center or at home, and which do you think is going to be the best with you? And he explained them very well. And in thinking about it, and he gave us an overnight discussion with my family, and my mom and dad mm-hmm. were there. For me, that would have been difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when they put the catheter in, and they've got those tassels hanging from, mm-hmm. you know, your chest. And I was very self-conscious of that. And I remember, you know, for the first few months, that's what I was having to deal with. And I wouldn't take my shirt off when we were intimate. They really and what about your husband? Did, did he feel like he was going to hurt you? you? You know, he was very gentle. But he always is. So I. But I, I mean, to have a catheter, was... he's saying, "Oh, I hope I'm not pulling on your catheter yeah. or something like that." Oh, he'd bit. ask. He he would ask. Yeah. And and when we were intimate, and and it, it was more of my problem than his. He mm-hmm. said he he was all right with it. Mm-hmm. But when it came to the choice of PD, I just it wasn't right for me, mm-hmm. because I knew if if I had a tube out of my stomach or wherever the doctor chose to put it, I'd never have sex again. And and that was kind of an issue for me. The right choice for me was in-center hemo. And did you consider the uh, uh, home hemo? At the time, because I was in such a transition of moving and selling one home from Houston and moving to Oklahoma City, it wasn't a good option until I moved to Oklahoma City. And unfortunately, when I went there, I didn't have quite the same mm-hmm. options. Mm-hmm. It took a, it was another two years, and home hemo with the next stage system as you used didn't become available until about a couple of months. They were still setting up the program, and their first class to to train for at home hemo was two weeks after I got my transplant. Wow. wow. So I missed that opportunity, but so that's okay. So you've gotten your transplant 10 months ago. Who gave you your kidney? Oh, an amazing young lady. Her name is Sarah. And Sarah is a friend of mine from church, mm-hmm. but she's 16 years younger than I am. I always, and I have to tell you, I, I warn you now, I always choke up when I do when I say so this. she's 12? Story. No. <laughs> oh, God love you, Stephen. No, she's actually in her 30s. And, uh, and I, like I said, I'm 16 years older. And I, and I kept asking her, Sarah, why do you want to do this? And she said, Valerie, God gave me two healthy kidneys, and you need one. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, she, for angel. me, is the epitome of faith, hope, and love. I, I, I don't know if you know, I've told it many times that I, I had an anonymous donor. Wow. I don't even know who he is. He's a live wow. donor, but he said, I'll give Stephen first my kidney. 
Wow. I know his first name and I know his age and I talked to him on the phone one time. I think, you know, people really want to help each other and they oftentimes just don't know how. Yeah. And when an opportunity arises, then they're there. But a lot of times, like, I want to help, but how do I help? And, Is that yeah. why you just sit behind your desk all day and not do anything? <laughs> oh, I, know I don't know how to help that. people. <laughs> I know how to call up and say, I have an idea. I have an idea <laughs> at five in the morning. Oh, by the way, you know, you're supposed to come over tomorrow at two. Can you make it at 10? <laughs> Well, thank you for being with us, and what a wonderful story! And well, thank uh, you for having me. And next time, uh, you know, uh, you know, just bring your husband along. If I can, I will. Yeah, I will. He'd love to meet both of you. Yeah, yeah. as long as he's not going to be gruff with me. No, I promise. Okay. There was a very interesting story, and we just produced this film, you know, the warning signs of chronic kidney disease, Mm -hmm. and she had a classic one, is the severe headache. Yeah, severe uh, headache and not eating and... Nausea. Nausea. She she wasn't vomiting, though, which is interesting, because her creatinine's 17. She probably was pretty yellow with a creatinine of 18. Right, right. So starting to turn that little yellowish color. But yeah, it's the warning signs. I mean, people just don't, you know, think, oh, it's just something going on, and they ignore it. And then, like, uh, you know, she experienced, she was in the emergency room thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't go in. Right. And she could have died if well, she didn't go. Well, you know, people go. don't know the warning signs, and that's why we're trying to get that message out. And, you know, they're going to say, oh, it's just a headache, or, right. you know, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm getting older, and, you know, tiredness is part of life and everything. But sometimes it's not. Right. There's something wrong. And, you know, the two number one causes of kidney failure, high blood pressure and diabetes. Diabetes, right. And she did have diabetes. So, yeah. they're silent. And so you don't right. really feel them mm-hmm. unless your, you know, head's starting to fall off and your heart's beating out of your chest. Right, right. Diabetes, and I don't have diabetes, but I know that it can make you really tired in the afternoon. Like, there's symptoms of diabetes, oh, too. That, that are very correlated, you know, right. the, the fatigue and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, dry mouth and headaches and stuff like that. Well, she was a fabulous guest. We both decided at the break we were going to take you shopping. Take me, oh, at Ross, I hope. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Astellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information.
The opinions, recommendations, statements, and advice contained on Kidney Talk are for information only. You should not use the information on the show to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without first consulting with a qualified health care provider. Please consult with your health care provider about any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition or dietary regimen.